Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Cutscene Combos. Yes. Um, this week we will be discussing Dr. Fate, our first DC character profile in a hot minute. She-Hulk episode 8, Rings of Power episode 7, and or episode 5. We're going to give our final kind of hopes and prayers for Werewolf by Midnight, which as you're watching, this is probably out today. Or should be out today. Yep. There was a second Black Panther trailer. There's a new Blade director. Update on Armor Wars. Update some rumors about Marvel's relationship with Disney Plus, as well as a couple of things that we need to discuss that are coming up soon. It's all very exciting. And then at the end, Beta Ray Bill versus Miles Morales in the next round of our Super Showdown bracket. Yes. But before all of that, I was on to how's your week been? On fire. <laughs> I think it was. Was it? What day was it? I think it was like Monday or something. I put I in our group chat. Monday or Tuesday in our group chat. Oh yeah, it was Tuesday because of a weekly meeting. Mm-hmm. And it was just like I put the uh, everything's fine, but it's all on fire gif because that's genuinely how it felt on Tuesday. It's like what? I feel like I've used need context here, not to what you're doing. So obviously you can't talk about that. Hori might be one of the most laid back, relaxed people I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, that's that's um, hence the name so horizontal. Him, yeah, so for him to be there, actively losing his mind at how stressed and busy he is, shows how fucking hectic it is at the minute. It it's more just like it's not unmanageable amount of work it's more just like essentially is like requires overtime and it's also on tuesday particularly why i put that gif was out like i got a last without saying project actual projects but got a project last week that was essentially like you have a week to do this uh sorry it's the last minute, it's a lot, it's a decent sized project, it's a lot to turn around, but can you do it? And I was like, yeah, we'll make it work. Um, so I'm like, okay, that's fine. Knowing that there's like another big project going on, which my part in that overall big project is not huge, but I was like, okay, that's on the side, we've got two weeks on that, so that's fine, we can do this. And so on Tuesday, the project that I thought, like, due date's like 14th, essentially got pulled forward a week and went from having like 10 days to get that bit of work done to, oh, you have set, uh, three days, four days. And I was like, oh, okay. I haven't started that yet. <laughs> I was like, oh, there goes just seven days that I thought I had has just gone in a blip. Um, cool. Losing yep. days is very irresponsible of you, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's one of those where it's like, I'm like, okay, we're busy, but like, got time and everything to then just be like, oh no, you now got to do two projects in way less time than you thought you had. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the payoff's going to be next week will probably be a lot more chill. So, oh, that's good. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I'm saying that now. But like, there's one of the, there's a big announcement on, what's the date? I can't remember the date. Today's date? No, the, we've got an announcement in like three or four days, like KCP wise. Um, it's pretty big. 
and one of the things that got put is the thing that got pulled forward so obviously it can't leak but go go follow kcp very cool project. leaker no leaking <laughs> i'm not leaking i'm definitely not <laughs> leaking this project because my ass would be on the line probably so i'll put your ass on the line anyway <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I haven't really played any games because I've been non-stop work- working. Um, yeah, no. That's just the, my the life gaming, the, the gaming effort from friends I, this week has been poor. I think I've touched Valorant once this last week, and it was at two in the morning, and I played for a couple of hours before going to sleep <laughs> because I was like, I need a break. I need to take you like, know my your mind life off is work. stressful when you play Valorant to relax. But it's like I needed t- I needed time, oh, like take my mind off work, and there was no shows, so I like, I watched the shows already. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll just play Valorant for a couple of hours. Um, yeah, after not playing for like a week, two weeks, Valorant's not a good game to just pick up at two in the morning. I'm telling no. you. That, um but yeah that that's been my week <laughs> hopefully your week's not been as stressful um i wouldn't say it's been stressful it has been very busy just lots of moving parts as always you know there's always them bits of work that are like they need to be done at some point but there's no urgency there's no deadline it's just mm-hmm. when you can find a minute get mm-hmm. on that um and they're the kind of bits that i've been trying to do it this week um right. which just always means you're ending up having to ask questions like this piece of work was discussed like two and a half, three months ago, very vaguely as I was going to the toilet and you were going to a coffee to get a coffee. What What is it I'm actually supposed to be doing? Um, so it was a lot of that this week, but it was productive and it's yielded a lot of um, useful outcomes that will help in the future, which is, um, I mean, it's as much you can really ask. No. I mean, I've got um, a nice stack of those sorts of jobs just waiting. <laughs> they're 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 the good sustenance when there's a little bit of downtime, just like ah, a bit of work that has no pressure attached to it. Mm. Anyway, we have Black Adam coming out in a little over two weeks here. No, little under two weeks. No, little over two weeks. Maths. I don't know. You know. Twenty first of October. Fifteen oh, okay. days. Um. <laughs> And I thought, bearing in mind that a big part of the Black Adam film, uh, uh, rumouredly, is going to be Doctor F- Doctor Fate's role, um, uh, I thought, what better time is there to do a little character profile on Doctor Fate? Yeah, it's been was... an age since we've been able to do a DC character profile on this channel. It um, and it's not because we're Marvel Shields, it's because Marvel <laughs> is doing relevant content and DC's very much up in the air. I was looking forward to doing some... Flash character profiles, some Aquaman character profiles, but they just keep getting pushed back. Yeah, you just have to be like 2025. Uh, anyway. Okay, so Dr. Fate, a.k.a. Dr. Kent Nelson. He first mm-hmm. appeared in More Fun Comics number 55, all the way back in May 1940. Old character. Yeah. He is a founding member of the Justice Society of America, the JSA. They are not to be confused with the Justice League of America. Mm. The JSA is my understanding, and don't get me wrong, timelines in DC have been confusing at different times. JSA is an Earth 2 group of people. 
Okay. After Infinite Crisis, they all became one universe. But at the time, that was Earth Two, and then Earth One was Batman, Superman, and Co. So like yeah. the JSA's Flash was Jay Garrick, not Barry Allen or Wally West or anything. I get you. And stuff like that. Um, so they were founded during the Second World War to help the war effort. Right. Um. So he's he's, a, he's an interesting character because he's essentially the um the mortal presence being of um Nabu. Nabu is an ancient spirit um and creator of the helmet, amulet and cloak that Dr. Fate uses. Okay. Um and basically Dr. Fate's job is he is a sorcerer who works works for, works with, works under the tutelage of Nabu and for the Lords of Order. And basically, the Lords of Order are in an eternal war with the Lords of Chaos. Right. Um, which, I mean, tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really interesting with Dr. Fate's powers, because as I'm sure you can imagine, he's compared to Dr. Strange a fair bit. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh, this yeah. is DC's Dr. Strange. It, it, yeah, it's, it's a fair comparison. And I think, although film goers haven't there yet, and they tend to just throw shit at each other about it, People need to understand basically every character has a counterpart on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them Marvel came up with first, some of them DC came up with first. Mm-hmm. Some of them launched the same week. Mm. So I believe it's Swamp Thing and Man Thing, who are very, very, very similar characters, were designed together by two college roommates one of whom sold the idea to DC, one of whom sold the idea to Marvel, and they both debuted in a comic in, like, the same month, maybe. Like, it happens all the time. You need to just accept it. Those two roommates are smart artists. (laughs) Anyway, so what Naboo did was he has enhanced Kent as an individual. So Kent is a bit stronger and does have some magical abilities that he can inherently use. But he said himself, he doesn't remember a lot of spells, he can't learn a lot of spells, and he's not as powerful without his helmet and stuff. Right. But when he is wearing his helmet, he is sicko mode. <clears throat> um, his telekinesis goes from like being able to lift a car to being able to move whole planets. Oh. He can fly. He's invulnerable to like punches from Superman. And he's as strong as Superman, physically. So, like, power level with the helmet, he's at that, like, kind of Superman, Martian, Manhunter level. Okay. There has been times in the comics where he kind of gets a little bit mind-controlled by Naboo. Ah. Um, And during times while working with the JSA, he kind of had to stop wearing the helmet and just kind of get by on the basic powers that Naboo gave him. Because Naboo was like, you're getting too involved in human shit, there's bigger stuff for you to worry about. And he's like, the world is at war. (laughs) I am human. Yeah, it's a classic one of these things where you have like these higher level species who are like, this doesn't matter in the grand scheme of the universe, Mm -hmm. can you do what we care about? And he's like, I am actually still a fucking human, I care about what is happening on my planet. (laughs) Yeah. Which does, in my opinion, create a very good um, counterbalance and internal struggle for characters. Um, but there we go. That is Dr. Fate. I believe Piers Brosnan, which I think is a bit of a weird casting, but I'm no Dr. Fate aficionado, um, is playing him in Black Adam. 
Um, I'll probably do some more Black Adam character profiles on the next couple of weeks. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't know who Doctor Fate was when I saw it there, and I was like, I don't know if this is DC, I don't know if this is Marvel. As character design goes, he's very fucking cool. He's got a nice gold helmet, blue suit. He looks sick. <laughs> but that is about all I have to say on that. Very cool. But um, this brings us on to She-Hulk episode 8. It's finally happened. Um, But... I, mm, no, I'm going to cut in here first before we do She-Hulk, actually. Oh. I I I'm I'm putting that guy on smoke from earlier in the week. Oh. So in our comment in our comments this week, here's the thing. On this, I've always said I would never ever claim to be all knowing or anything like that. I do make mistakes. This is true. However, as long as you're polite when you correct me and actually do correct me, I have no issue. What I don't take kindly to is being told that. The MCU existed before the films, dude. That's a direct quote. Or that I don't know proper OG characters like Namor. My brother in Christ. <laughs> Tell me you've only watched one of our shorts with no other context ever. Um, I feel like that's everyone that comments on our shorts. It, it, it's getting a bit much. Just people... This is Making why dumbass comments. I never look at the comments. Yeah, but I oh, come on. It's in the YouTube Studio app. I'm looking at the numbers. The notification comes in. I'm like, oh, oh what did someone gosh. say? Because they're all nice ones. Yeah, like well, we got one on, the, and you know what? I'll counterbalance this by going for one of the nice comments underneath. Um, one of our other shorts. Someone we were talking about the Deadpool three announcement, and he was like, mm. "Um, sorry, is this a really old short or?" or is Hugh Jackman back for another film after oh, Logan? I thought that was going to be his last film. And I was like, no, it's been confirmed that Hugh Jackman is returning as Wolverine for Deadpool 3. He was like, oh, thanks. That's so exciting. I didn't see that. I'm like, that, that's a nice interaction. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just there's there's every once and again a couple of videos. I just, I don't look at anything. Um, but talking of videos, we did have some <laughs> idiots saying that um, She-Hulk is just woke trash once again. Oh. Um and it's really funny because do you know what dawned on me today as I was watching today's episode? Mm -hmm. She Hulk is Rick and Morty, but designed for women before men. <laughs> it, ma it makes it makes meta commentary jokes at every opportunity it can. It's fourth wall breaking. It's a little bit ridiculous, a little bit serious. Do you know what's funny? And though? and the only real difference is. Rick and Morty was designed for like 15 year olds in their bedroom. I love the show. Don't get me wrong, I'm throwing shots myself here. It was designed first and foremost for 15 year olds in the bedroom. She Hulk was designed for women first. Mm hmm. So I'm sure 15 year old boys in the bedroom are also enjoying it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just had to. Bonk. Do you know what's also funny about the fact that people are still commenting, She Hulk's just woke? trash we're eight episodes <laughs> into this show why do you still care at this yeah, point like if, if you really hate it that much like i get it for like the first couple of episodes like you wanted to get it out but, like we're eight episodes in like how much free time have you got you know Just... that person's only seen like the clip from the very first episode of her going on a rant about what, how difficult it is to be a woman. that's all the context they have of the show and just they're constantly commenting woke trash woke trash woke trash 
It's just people trying to stay relevant. But what I will say is, while I've enjoyed this show for its kind of standalone property so far, as it's just a thing over there, it, it hasn't. We got lots of stuff this week that really matters, and yeah, I'm this... curious if any of it's gone over your head. Pro- probably some of it has, but I think I love this week's episode. This episode was yes. great. It was so hilarious. Mm-hmm. There were so many funny uh-huh. moments, and we finally got our boy. We did. Finally. Okay, so at what point did you realise he was going to be Luke's lawyer? Um, I I don't know if it was like only just like the court scene or just before. I'm trying to think at like what point it clicked. I think it clicked when he was sat in court on his own and I was like... And his lawyer wasn't already there. Yeah, I was like, this is like some setup for somebody and i was like it's gotta and then it then it clicked i was like is this gonna be and this is something i think before the show started we talked about the fact of where we would get because we knew charlie cox was coming back as daredevil we i think we talked about whether we would get um matthew murdoch or we would get daredevil and yeah. i i think I, we both said like um there's a high chance we'd get matthew murdoch before anything because it's lawyer v lawyer stuff yeah. um so yeah it kind of clicked and i was like as soon as he walked in i was like yes when yes. they mentioned the lawsuit i was like are we gonna get him as a lawyer and then because there was a little bit in between i was like oh maybe we won't he's new york based after all maybe we won't maybe he comes in for a different reason it, and then and then like i was certain when we cut to the courtroom and he was sitting there by himself mm. i was like oh shit it is gonna be this yeah, it didn't so really my like... note for that was lawyer on lawyer action. And I feel like that quote could be used for a lot of this episode. <laughs> there was definitely some lawyer on lawyer action. <laughs> I have some thoughts. Um, uh-huh. But the big thing from the court scene that stuck out to me was that we got confirmations that the Sokovia Accords had been repealed. Yes. That is huge because there has been, and I know you're not as, you avoid this bit of the internet a bit more than me. Um, mm. There has been so much discussion based on different things that have happened in different shows as right. to whether the it's like oh that breaks the Sokovia Accords. What's the fucking point of doing civil war and the Sokovia Accords getting signed if they're just going to ignore them and everyone thinks it's going to be as normal? Now we know they have been repealed oh, okay. during the blip. They got repealed. I mean, it makes sense. One hundred percent does make sense. <laughs> By the sounds of it, this is my prediction of what happened. Half of everyone disappeared. The world went to shit with looting and rioting like it definitely would. And they were like, ah, we need help people superheroes to help us here. And heroes were like, no, you've made it impossible for me to do my job. Um, okay, we'll repeal that so you can just go back to helping. We trust your judgment. So they did. Yeah, fair. That's probably the case. Do you know what I actually think this like that being dropped, just like kind of dropped in there in this episode? It's probably Marvel just being like, okay, we're done with these people arguing on the internet about this. Let's just like yeah. confirm it in a show. But um, so I I understand that people were concerned about how they were going to handle Deadpool Shima, and it it was a partial valid concern. I think people were overreacting to it for sure, but I did understand like the base of that concern of like I hope they get it right because it is a difficult thing to balance. I lost all concern about how they were going to handle Match Humor when he called out Leapfrog for lying. And he was like, uh, don't ask me how I know, he's lying. And the judge is just like, yes, he's obviously lying. 
at that point, I was like, okay, we're fine. We are absolutely fine. There was there was a few points where it was like, we got the daredevil humor that people have been like, oh, I can't be funny when we're around. It's like, but it was just like, any point that he was being funny felt like, they just felt natural. Like, it didn't yeah. feel like it was forced. It felt like it is exactly how Deadpool would be. He didn't Deadpool, make... Deadpool, Dead, Daredevil. I'm fucking doing it again comment... this week. The comedy we got from him during the Netflix show was very much like tongue-in-cheek sarcastic comments. Mm-hmm. Like when Foggy's like, how do you always go for beautiful women? He's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, he knows exactly what Foggy's talking about, but he acts all coy and silly. It's that kind of stuff. And I, I do understand why people are a little bit concerned, and that's always valid. But the way people are harping on that, oh my God, they're going to make him do dumb jokes. It's like, no, they're not. Matt Murdock is funny. Yeah, he, Matt Murdock is three things. He is brooding, he is funny, he is horny. They got all three of them in this show. Absolutely <laughs> we, we even got mention of him being broody. Yeah, 100%. It was done so, well, so well. It's, like, he just... He's so easy to play into being funny because you've basically you've got a character who everyone thinks is blind, but he isn't blind. But he has to act like he is. Well, he he's I mean, blind, he but blind. yeah, you know what I mean, though. But like he can perceive the world as if he isn't blind. Yeah, he can, he can get around without seeming like a blind man. If but he he, needs. he then has to pretend he is blind. Yeah. So it's like it's just him like... playing it up. It always comes across funny because of like we know the situation. Well, it's like, what was it? It was in one of the Netflix episodes where, like, he, he was there for a crime that he was obviously trying to stop but fucked up or something. And then one of the detectives like, um, we need your witness statement. And he just says, oh, yeah, like, yeah. would you like me to describe how that sounded? <laughs> yeah, <and> he's... That's <laughs> funny! <laughs> yeah. It's that just... is a joke! <laughs> it's like, it's, he's just, most of his jokes are revolving around the fact that he is essentially a disabled person. Yeah, it's a little he's bit of sarcasm ab- mixed with yeah. being an arsehole. Yeah, he's just <laughs> laughing about the fact that and taking the mick out of himself, essentially, most of the time. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think they got that just right. Yeah. Um, we got the, the... I really enjoyed the fucking interaction when they were getting ready to break into the warehouse. Yes. And you had the... Uh, so we've got 10, 15 seconds each. I'll drop down. She's like, you want to spend half an hour taking guys out? And you try. that's not how that math works. <laughs> yes. That's funny. <laughs> there was a couple of times where like, she kept saying about, you want to spend ages just taking them out one by one. It's like, this, this, what? You really didn't count them properly. <laughs> like, just, um, I, I also showed that kind of, which he, oh, um, he played into the fact that she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah, she's, she's like, she's you haven't done this before. And she's like, okay, good point. But that's that's not the point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I enjoyed the him taking out the first few and then them teasing us like, oh, hallway fight scene, hallway fight scene. I was, and then as we're about to get it, she just fucking comes well, through the I was room. like, even the, the way they were building that like tension up, I was like, she's either just going to come around the corner like and clobber them. Or there was that side door. I was like, are they just going to start walking forward and she's going to smash through the door? But no, she came from above and just crushed them. Re- yeah, really funny. Um, definitely a bit of a cock tease. I was like, yeah, hallway scene, hallway scene, woo! <laughs> and then they just took it, but it was really good. Um, I'm, I'm I enjoyed, sure save that. I really enjoyed her like being a lawyer while breaking into there. She's like, I'm here as your lawyer still. Let him go 
so that we can do this properly and we can try and get and they're fucking discussing like tactics for how to get him the lightest sentence possible while beating the shit out of well, his goons. The funnier thing, like the funny part was, she went in, she broke the rope or whatever was on the designer guy, and then she's there just discussing with Leapfrog. Like, not she's not doing anything. She's just in the background. She's got dead. I was just bouncing from goon to goon, just beating them up. And she just stood there having a conversation like nothing else is going on. <laughs> and then Matt's like offering his like legal speak. And then the, it all just ends with like the last goon decides to go. He's like, well, everyone's getting beaten up by Daredevil. I'll just go whack She-Hulk with a baseball bat. And she's just like, what could go you, wrong? Did you really think that was going to work? Like, what was your logic <laughs> I did enjoy enjoy the discussion about um, goons versus henchmen as well. Yes, um, she still called them hench goons and stuff. Yeah, goon goonmen. <laughs> um, what was the other bit that I found really interesting? Oh, okay. So obviously they 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 the fucking leapfrog tries to jump out the window, <laughs> gets badly hurt. Breaks she calls the police. Yeah, deals with everything. Then goes up to the roof to see him. And then we get an interaction that leads to them going home together. Now, Daredevil is, don't get me wrong, he's a, he's a good Catholic boy. He's also a ladies' man. He's not so I kind of saw this coming, especially when Jem was clearly into him. Well, yeah, um, I think you mentioned it a while back. I, I, I think, I think pre- like you'd I say think that it was pre-show, a very high possibility. You were like, in the comics, he's a, he's a horny, horny bastard, so yeah, maybe we'll yeah, get yeah. some lawyer on lawyer. Yeah, um, yeah, 100%. So, as soon, the, from the moment in the bar when they first like interacted after the court case um, there was already like a bit of tension there and you got the sense that uh, Matt had like could tell um, from like a heartbeat or whatever so when it was yeah. on the roof and they were discussing I was like I know where this is going the entire thing was flirty as fuck oh, yeah. like every in- and that's how it should be let's be completely clear here they knew each other on a personal level first, and they clearly flirted a bit. And then Matt's just like, "Hey, she already knows who I am. I already know who she is. This, 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 this is a cakewalk. These guys, these are, like I said, these are goons. They're just getting paid. They don't give a fuck." Well, there's also the fourth wall break when he they're inside and um, Dada was like beating everyone up and doing lawyer talk, and then she just turns to the camera and goes, "This is really doing it for me." Yeah. Um, but my absolute favourite bit of that whole interaction was the fucking walk of shame yes. afterwards. Yes. Him walking on the grass with his boots and his, his suit was dying. on. Fucking brilliant. I was like, so, so funny. They were showing outside and I was just like, okay, morning after. And then he just walks in from the left of frame with just holding his boots and walking along in his suit. I- I'm just like... <laughs> Oh shit, yeah, he wouldn't have his clothes. He's having to do the walk of shame in his suit. <laughs> it's so good. And the fact that um, a, fr- um, a friend sees it and she's like, some guy in a devil suit was just doing the walk of shame. Um, I did like how they handled the end of the episode, like the beginning of the end of the episode when Nikki comes in. She's like, is this not the end of the episode? That yeah. felt like it should have been the end of the episode. That was a very satisfying ending to there the episode. There was a lot of good fourth wall breaks this episode. Because mm-hmm. there was that what? point where she's discussing like, oh, th- this feels like it should be the end. And then she's like, but next week's the finale. So maybe there's mm-hmm. still more for them to do. Yeah. And also on the fourth wall stuff, do you not remember at the beginning of the episode, felt like you might appreciate this. She was like, previously on 
they did previously on my show and it was her voicing it. And I was like, Connor's going to notice that. Mm-hmm. The, so I enjoyed the, the fourth wreck just before the gala where she makes mm. the Red Hulk reference. Very enjoyable, very little, nothing too big. Made me chuckle. But I do want to point out something, and I think this is one of these things that's going to get labelled as woke nonsense, but is actually a very valid point about society. What did they put up on the screen that should embarrass her? Yes, you, there was the revenge porn of him filming them being intimate, which is embarrassing, but she's not done anything wrong. No. She's a woman living her life who's been betrayed by someone she trusted. Yet, these fucking incels, and I'm going to call them incels, who are out to get her, acting like this must mean she can't be trusted to have superpowers. And like the, I, I know it kind of was double audioed in places, but you heard them say like power she stole from the Hulk. No, this was power that she unfortunately by accident had forced upon her that she's being yeah. very responsible with. If we're being honest, of all of the superhero origin stories we've seen over the MCU, she has been the most responsible person after getting their powers. Yes. By far. Yes. And she's got very upset, very angry, ripped the screen down because she doesn't want people seeing this intimate part of her life and she just found out she's been betrayed. And they're still acting like she's the bad guy. If people don't see the very obvious social commentary here of women will sometimes be lambasted for simply just existing and they think that's woke bullshit... I'm sorry, lads. You're part of the problem. Do you know why I also feel like it was leaning into like a cultural thing of in in a way of this may come across as a stretch, but hear me out. It kind of was leaning into the way that racism is often perceived. As in, like, as soon as she was getting angry, they all, they just thought, oh, no, no, Hulk, Hulk getting angry, Hulk's going to freak. Like, they yeah, all, no, they immediately compared her to when Bruce was losing his shit. The mm -hmm. same way that people, like, a man of colour gets angry. They're like, oh, it's all all men of colour. Like, and how quickly people were there, it, it almost came across as they've actually had a unit prepared for her, following yeah. her around all the time, just waiting, just in case. Yeah. Um, I, I do think you're right. There is definitely an element of that that could be read into it. I'm not sure if necessarily that's what they were going for, no, but it's but still a valid point, 100%. I also um, picked up on that. Like, I 100% think her boss has always had that unit on speed dial or, like, in the background or all times ready. Yeah. Because while, yes, currently very public, great thing publicly to have a She-Hulk lawyer, like, oh, this is great for us. But I'm going to prepare myself for if this Hulk goes bad like the other Hulk. Yeah. Um, I, I also thought it was interesting. This is one of these things that I know for a fact is going to get thrown out as woke, which is just, again, stupid because it's a very valid political kind of, uh, not political, societal commentary. The award ceremony. Oh, yeah. Female lawyer of the year. They call all up, all the nominees up and it's like, you're just trying to tick a box. Yeah. That why, why are they the best female lawyer of the year? They're all just fucking lawyers. Well, it's also like, if you're going to pick, as soon as they called out Jen, everyone's like, oh, Jen's won. This is great. And then they carry on reading out names and you immediately go, oh, they don't care about actually picking the best female lawyer. No, whether it, whether it should be a separate, shown giving a female award. Whether it should be a separate award or not, like, 
they can't even pick just one. They just want to give it. They're giving it to them all because they're just ticking a box. They don't really yeah. care about actually picking one. But it was also the question. It was like, oh, what's it like to be a female lawyer? The same as it is to be a male lawyer, just with more shit thrown on top. Because we're expected, to, in like for Jen, for instance, like we saw at the beginning, expected to dress a certain way for work, expected mm-hmm. to work just as hard for half the recognition. They're, yep. they're lawyers. Female has nothing to do with it. Yeah, it was it was very and much I, a dig at society and how society oh, does 100%. And, and it's a fucking valid point again. Um, yeah. But without a doubt, in my opinion, the funniest, best action and most interesting episode so far. Um, yes. Maybe I'm even more excited for it because we got to see Daredevil back in full form again and he was done really well. Um, but I do think overall they just handled it really well. I also... I think we also got like the fact that we got She-Hulk in her superhero suit and it kind of was like which looks uh, really good by the way yeah like all everything kind of came together and they used Daredevil as a way to like really finally show her off as a superhero um overall it was a great episode and there were so many funny moments I really was interested to see where they take this for the finale so am I because Immediately when she like when she'd broken the screen and was freaking out, like she was having like a bit of a freak out, understandably. Um, and obviously everyone then panics. It's like I'm pretty sure in like one of the first episodes, Bruce mentions like that it only takes one moment for them to see you as a monster. So mm-hmm. like or the, the I'm sure it was in the first episode, but if it wasn't, it's definitely something Bruce has said in like one of the films or something. Like it, it only takes one moment for everyone to see me as a monster, yeah, and no, it's like um, it's when she did that, I was like, oh shit, this is that. Like that everyone's now going to see her as a monster, not as what they have been seeing her as. And I think that's all the intelligentsia guys wanted. They just yeah. wanted to ruin her reputation, and they knew they didn't actually have anything to do that. They just had to get her to be upset and embarrassed and do something. Um, and it's wrong, but I mean, the fact that like, I'm getting so like, oh, this is like ooh, unfair bullshit shows that they've told the story right. right. Oh, yeah. The story like, is told right if you can emotionally attach yourself to it. And that's what we're able to do. I think they, they've done a really good job of actually staying very true to like very relatable cultural issues and mm. not overdoing them, not like. And one thing push them in too much of like a woke way, as people say, which is like forced, but like actually doing it well. Also, also one thing that we forgot to mention last week is how positively it showed therapy. Yeah, a lot of the time in media, therapy is only shown as like a deeply troubled person just trying to like find a loophole to get away with something, whereas for like. A lot of people, therapy is just like a mental health tune-up. Just go in, talk about some stuff, work through some stuff, and it just helps keep you yeah. sane. And that's kind of how it's portrayed there. And um, that was something important we should have brought up last week. Um, I feel like I'm expecting the finale is going to have... Obviously, it's going to now have to address this situation of what happens to Jen because she freaked out and how people react to it. Um. There's got to be some added situation to the blood, and is Josh going to re-show up as a figure, like, 
reveal himself as what he's actually done. Um, and are we going to get Hulk back? I've got a feeling the end of this show is going to set up Captain America. Okay, I can see that. With everything that's happened, Intelligentsia, which is, or in the comics was, like I said, a way for supervillains to share information, mm-hmm. and the leader being confirmed to be in New World Order, which is a Hulk villain, mm-hmm. I would be very surprised if something that comes from this doesn't end up creating a scenario for the next Captain America film. I wonder if we'll get like a just a scene of Josh delivering the blood Maybe. to um, the leader or something. I do think there's also, going to be some setup there for that. You know how basically every week, other than like two or three, they've done like a brand new like logo for the show with a different title or whatever. Like we had Josh Jen and stuff like that. Yeah. I am going to make a prediction for next week's right now. It'll be Savage She-Hulk. Oh. Because that's what She-Hulk initially debuted as in the comics. Um, after she got angry and was like a little bit more panty like a animal mm. um, and her hair went a bit more frizzy, she didn't actually say another word. She just made grunty no. noises. Um, and playing on that whole idea of everyone now views her as a monster and as a savage, mm-hmm. I think the title for next week, the title card next week will be Savage She-Hulk. Um, and that is a fun little prediction that means nothing if I get it right other than bragging rights. I also... I'm going to predict... We, I don't think we're going to see any more Daredevil now. and I don't think so, but I think we actually got enough in this episode of him. Yeah. It was a, it was a really intense, condensed was, burst. I think he will show up in, if there's a season two of She-Hulk, he's going to show up again because of the way that he was like, oh, I'm off to, back off to New York tomorrow, but maybe next time I'm here or something. Like, definitely set up like a, we'll reconnect sort of situation. But, Moving on. Yes, I don't think there's anything Ring, else to, to Rings talk. of Power episode six. In yes. my opinion, the best episode we've had so far. Agreed. And it did what we were begging them to do last week of starting to get some of these stories to link together. So off the rip, I'm going to say this episode of Rings of Power is everything that everyone has been wanting from this show. And if you have been on the fence up until this point. I don't believe that you... I I believe this will have shifted... Anyone that was on the fence will now really be in love with this show after that episode. And I think anyone that is still... hasn't watched it because they kind of don't want to ruin this perception they have of Lord of Rings and stuff. Honestly, give it a chance. Like, I do think it builds up to what everyone wants it to be. Visually and cinematically and the story in this episode i feel was all great and everything that a lord of rings show should be i i was so blown away by this episode so um i I do have a couple of issues however oh here we go my main issue there's one little bit further down as well but my main issue during the start of the battle once they're in like back in the village and they're waiting for the orcs to attack the village a, it seems really weird to me that you'd give up a tower, which is designed to be a point that you can hold, and then go to a village where, in reality, they could attack from a lot of different directions. Ignoring that. When Arandir's up on the roof, shooting his bow and arrow, yes, 
how the fuck did he not hear the orcs climbing up behind them? I thought elves are supposed to have stupid good hearing. Um, I would imagine that situation more so might be because of how much was going on. I'm and sorry, if you get to live for thousands and thousands of years, this super hearing, you better learn how to know what's close, what's far away. Otherwise, what's the fucking point? True. I think him getting snuck I just think it's a bit. tiny little thing that I noticed as I was watching it in full speed. The guy s s sneaking up and stabbing him alongside Arendir. I'm like, I'm sorry. He should have been able to hear that, surely. Um, uh, and my opinion for this stuff has always been, if I can notice it in the moment, it's a problem. I'm trying to think if there was, like, what led, what was just before that moment, and if there was a situation with, um, oh, why am I, Bronwyn, whether he I got distracted. So. I don't think so. I think he was just firing arrows at the ones I in, like, the he... killing circle they created. Like um, I said, it's not the biggest thing, so... but I just found it a bit weird. All I'd say about the tower is, I don't think, I, well, to me, it's not that bad of an idea to give that up because it was a very good trap, especially when they didn't know how many they were dealing with. And you don't want to get stuck in that place and not have an escape plan. So I actually think it was a good, I, I like, I really enjoyed that whole fight on the tower with oh, the sequence was phenomenal i was just confused I <laughs> I was think... like, you've got a tower up on a big old hill is that not like the best vantage point possible Here, here's the way i look at it right you've got one elf i have the high ground adar you have one elf who can fight and fight off a lot then you've got a bunch of villagers that you have no idea if they're gonna actually be able to fight anything mm. um and it's like holding a tower with a group of capable people sure but when you don't want the villagers to die, you don't want to put them in kind of danger where they probably would. It's like, well, we could use the tower as a trap and that kind of makes a bit more sense. But that whole um, fight sequence where he took out the tower gave me very much Legolas vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. Question. Yes. The, the, I've dubbed him the Super Orc. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I've, I've named him uh, the boss. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, have we seen a uh, super orc before? <laughs> no. Or was that something they've just gone, we need a bigger one for Aaron Deer to fight? Uh, definitely is a, they wanted him to have like a one-on-one -on -one with... Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, the boss. I wonder if it's their way of kind of... Because obviously the orcs we get in Lord of the Rings have... Oh, I forget the actual name. Obviously are bigger and burlier. And I'm wondering if this is them trying to show that like some of those are starting to exist now because they're like a generational like bread thing. Um, got you, got you, got you. But yeah, there's um, a couple of things at the start of the show. Like, there's a point. It opens with Adar is burying seeds, yes. which is like he's doing very secretly, secretively, um, and we don't really know what he's doing. We just see him burying seeds. And in my head, I was like, I wonder if they're the same seeds that um, Arendir has. And then later on, we see they, um, they share the same moment, and it's a an elven tradition. So I like the fact that 
a bit of a Doris still holding on to his elven heritage and is like doesn't want to let that fully go yet and actually accept what he's become. Also, the fact that Arendir and Bronwyn, he gave her two, one for each of them. Adar buried a fuckton as if he was also doing it for the orcs, yeah. even though they're not elves, to like try and protect them. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a nice little detail. Yeah, it shows that he genuinely cares about the orcs in a really weird way. Yeah, like um, genuinely so- does. <laughs> After my note about fight against Super Orc was lit, was where I, as as I told you before we started recording, I f- clearly thought I was hilarious as I was writing oh, these God, notes. There we go. So um, after the first wave of battle, bearing in mind I write these live, so like I don't mm-hmm. have context at this point, I wrote, villagers forgot to grab totems of undying like idiots, which of course is a Minecraft reference, because I was like, oh, the village had been attacked and they... Uh, and then oh. my next comment is that joke now seems to be in bad taste. <laughs> <laughs> so I put my note at that whole point was like, villagers do all right. Arendir fights the boss one on one, saved by Bronwyn, SW. <laughs> that was my note for that scene. But can we also talk about like how brutal that fight was where he had one on one with the whole eye just gushing blood? Uh, so, like, where the camera is, is, like, the monitor I was watching it on. I was sat there like this, like, getting ready to turn away if the, if the knife did go into yeah. Aaron Deer's eye, because I'm like... too squeamish for that. So I was here, like, okay, I can I can duck out and not watch. <laughs> I was like, damn. And then I, fucking, I actually thought it was going to be Theo that stabbed the boss. So did I at first. I um, thought it was going to be Theo who saved him to complete that kind of, like, father-son bonding. Um, And then I was like, my next note is, oh, wait, some of the... Div- villagers oh some of the orcs are actually the villagers and then i put wave two starts like zombies <laughs> yeah yeah okay cool so we both go for video game references yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I wrote that and i was like do i just delete that now that i know it's in bad taste or do i make a joke about the fact that it's in bad taste bearing in mind these people aren't real <laughs> um i did like the whole because you were definitely like fully in, we, i was fully invested with the fact that oh shit they've actually fucking fought them off Part of me was like, that felt a little easy, but I was like, okay, they've managed it. And then you see like red blood on the first body that's like just on the ground. You can see that it's red blood. And I was like, oh shit, it's the villagers. I was the, like, the, this. The color grading of that scene so that the red was popping was mm-hmm. really good. I was like, as soon as I saw the red blood, I was like, ah oh, shit, we've, this is all been a bait. This is all a trap. Uh, and then, yeah, half of them. I don't think they were all like they definitely weren't all villagers because there was some shots where like we full on saw orcs. Yeah, yeah. Um but there was definitely like a mix and it was all a big bait. And then yeah. right, round two happens. Just fucking volley of arrows. Um which kind of then led into the eventually they all they guess around and they, they fucking lose. Um the other brutal scene where they're inside the tavern. And oh, and they're doing like the surgery on what? the fucking no Bronwyn. Uh, when Adar's there and he's like, "Where's the sword?" And Aaron doing oh, and they just tell start him. killing people. And he just and we get like full on shots held where like someone's getting stabbed in the gut. And I genuinely was like, "This feels like I'm watching Game of Thrones." And I know you haven't watched Game of Thrones, but you know the premise of oh, yeah, everyone talks about how blood... brutality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "This feels like Game of Thrones, not Lord of the Rings." I'm not against it. It just like this is a very brutal lord of the rings yeah. compared to what we used to i think that ability to just have them couple of scenes where you go fucking hell 
it it adds to it. If it's just always very brutal, you have to keep it at that level. Mm-hmm. But just having them scenes occasionally where it's very brutal, you find yourself going, "Oh shit, serious." Yeah, and I'm like, I know some people might have a bit of an issue with it because like Lord of the Rings isn't generally like this brutal. Yeah. Or well, at least what we have experienced and known, and even in writing, I don't know if it necessarily goes that detailed on stuff. But I think it's a really good well way to sell like this rise of Mordor and how brutal this like and how dark this area is going to become just like really putting into it like this is a force that is growing and is like not giving a shit um, but then we get our like sparing shots of the Numenorians on their horses riding in across a field and you think oh it's daytime yeah I would like to point out, last week or the week before, I called them Numenorians, and I was like, I don't know if that's correct, but this is what I'm dubbing them. The subtitles did confirm they're Numenorians. Fair enough. Uh, well, uh, when they're riding into the village, and they're like slinging orcs everywhere, the subtitle was just simply Numenorians battle cry, or something oh, okay. like that, Numenorians yelling. And I'm like, ah, I was right! So, I know so last week I talked about the fact, and I have a couple of times about how Numenor is meant to have this like great like army and meant to mm-hmm. feel like they have this strong army. And I was like, it doesn't really feel like they do. That when they cut to that scene of them just like all charging across the field, uh, I was like, okay, this actually feels like a this feels like what Numenor's army should feel like. Like this feels like a force coming in, and. I think we got like we got some amazing like that whole battle sequence when they arrive. We got some amazing like moments with Galadriel on the horse and like her like Galadriel was a fucking show off, bro. Yeah, oh like, you're throwing a spear at me. Let me just upside down on my horse and then chop your head off. Yeah, like yeah, full you on, know like, she's elven like top level of shit houseery. Yeah, let's call it what it is. It was shit houseery. And the fact that like when it all co calms down a bit and then she asks Arendir who the leader is and he points that but like Arendir has that whole like that's the leader of the northern arm elven army well, it's like he, he's he, even he's... in awe of like oh shit well here's my note for when oh, Theo comes over to him and asks him that to prove Theo is a teenage boy he is instantly interested in Galadriel because <laughs> <laughs> he proper came over with the who's that <laughs> well even Arendir is like Holy yeah, shit. Aaron is in disbelief. He's like, maybe Bronwyn ain't got that back like I thought she did. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> um, but he obviously points out Adar and like she chases Adar. Um, Which again was a really cool scene. That um, there's a moment with that where she like leans down and whispers to the horse. That is the exact same phrase that um, Arwen says to her horse in Lord of the Rings when she's been chased by the ring race and she's trying to get. Um, Frodo to the to safety. It's the exact same like little phrase. It's kind of that little tie-in was nice. I enjoyed that. Um and then we obviously get how Halbrand fucking knocks the horse down. But don't worry, horse is okay, got back up. I'll be honest, I was like, what the fuck did the horse do? <laughs> I thought he was gonna I thought he was gonna spear the horse. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> um and it is really weird that we will always go to defending animals, and it, I get that. Yeah. But, like, the horse doesn't have a choice. Well, it's it's also because, like, horses especially, I feel, in culture, and, like, people have taught a lot more about, like, horses getting injured and then having to be put down, and it's not fair on the horse. 
So it's yeah. like whenever you see like a horse gets knocked down in a film or something, you're like, oh, yeah. animal people are gonna might come for the show. Yeah. Um, it was interesting to find out that Ada and Halbrand have history. Yes, I also thought it was kind of funny though. He's like, "Do you remember me?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> Typical it, it like get... Thanos vibes. Yeah, it, it gave me big. I was gonna say Kang vibes. It gave me big Kang vibes. Oh, uh, it was like um, you know, <laughs> Thanos when um. God, oh, you took everything from me. He's like, I don't, know who I don't you even are. know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also am now leaning away from Halbrand. I I find it hard to believe Halbrand is Sauron, like we've kind of touched on, because he's of how much King of the South. It's just how much he's saving, uh, helping these people, and saving some of them. Like he saves um, Alindel with this when he's getting overrun by the orcs he spears one doesn't he in the middle of the fight it's like too much stuff doesn't like that he can't be turned. so well the theory is that he's not actually sauron but he's the um what they call is it called the lich king or the wraith king is that not world of warcraft lich king yeah but i don't know if it's also used it might be wraith king and the and but the, I swear the, to God, the fantasy genre has like three names for things and they refuse to not share. Well, liches are like a certain thing. But um, there's a, the Wraith King, I think, is someone that Isildur um, cursed for doing wrong against like the men and people. So there's a theory that Halbrand does do something maybe for himself or against like actually helping and he gets cursed and he becomes the Wraith King instead as a theory I'm seeing. What what I do have to bring up, however, okay. is some very problematic behaviour from Galadriel. Oh. When she's interrogating yeah, Adar. Okay. I know which bit you're about. The, like the way she was talking, I'm like, Ayo bro, I'm starting to root against you here because you are an old white person. <laughs> going up against a minority here. And, uh, so, it, it just had proper, like, so there's Trump a, 2022 vibes. There's a few <laughs> things from that, like, interrogation thing. Um, one being the there's the bit where Galadriel says... She gets very dark at one point, and she's like, mm. I'm going to... Why don't I bring out your children, the orcs, into the sun... And then she's like, I'm going to hunt down and kill every last one of them till you're the last one alive, and then I'll kill you. And I like that the show even, like, acknowledges the fact that that was getting dark, because Adara then goes, maybe your pursuit for darkness should have stopped in the mirror or in your reflection. Yeah. And it's like, the but show's understanding that the way that Galadriel is acting is very dark at the moment, and she kind of needs to realize that's not the right path. Like, yeah, she was like, you're an abomination. I'm going to wipe you from the plane of existence. I'm like, hey, oh, bro. I've... The only people who've said shit like that in the history of the world have not alongside. Yeah, I think <laughs> that she is like, it's probably being pushed a bit harder than it needs to be. But I do also think it's the show trying to be like, she's going to have this kind of realization and kind of correction. But we also yeah, got yeah. Um, Adar saying that he killed Sauron. Now, this very much can be true because as we know, Sauron is immortal, whether he has a physical body or not. So like Adar could actually think that yes, he has killed him, but all he's done is destroy the mortal body and 
Sauron will be back. Um, we also don't know though, because like we can't really trust Adar. Who knows he is, anything? He is the bad guy. Um, so we'll see. I think that would line up a bit more if he has thought that he's killed Sauron, which is why he's like feels he's the leader now because he thinks no one's above him. There's no one more powerful than him. Um, also, then gives a reason why like everyone like everyone's trying to predict who Sauron is, but like if he hasn't got a physical body at the moment, then yeah, he could re reappear at any point. And now we come on to my second issue with the show. Oh, okay. How the fuck did they switch the key? When did we even... So, um... There's Unless a point... I literally missed something, so it we feels we like don't... a gaping plot hole. Okay, so we didn't physically... There's, there is a gap of time we don't see um, between Adar getting on the horse and him stepping out of the tavern because so we see him come out of the tavern he goes that to waldrick tenuous at best though no um considering he we see a thing when he like he says to waldrick i have a task for you and oh, then we do like we got that and then we don't see waldrick ever again and because so okay. much is going on you kind of forget about the fact that we haven't seen waldrick die we haven't seen him get captured and like, okay, I, yeah, I didn't maybe, even think maybe. of him. And then the next thing, like, we get a Dar's jumping on a horse and then gets chased, and no one chooses to unwrap it, which I think is the wild thing. Like, yeah. no one unwrapped it earlier. And why um, is why is Theo not like losing his mind once he realizes it's no longer there? Um, because Theo's clearly proven to us that he's not very. <laughs> he, he ratted out where the sword was. He's not been very trustworthy in the past. It doesn't no, no, surprise no, but like, me that he wants like... to be trustworthy. So I don't understand why when he's opened that, he hasn't gone, hey, yo, Aaron, dear, this isn't my sword. I mean, the sword. <laughs> I don't, I feel like because I do actually think part of him didn't want to, like, actually get rid of the sword. No, but he didn't have the sword, is my yeah, point. I know, but like him unwrapping and realizing he doesn't have the sword and ha doesn't have to be seen to get rid of it. Also, then is kind of like for that person, you'd be like, "Oh shit, I don't have to actually get." Like, if I'm Theo, and I'm like, don't want to get rid of the sword, and you realize you don't actually have the sword, that is a very good way to make everyone think you've got rid of the sword when you haven't. Like, he mm. could not tell anyone, and wrap it back up and be like, "Yeah, I got rid of it. We're chill." And then just try and figure out how to find the sword later, wherever it actually is. Because he knows it hasn't been destroyed or, like, got rid of. Is one thought about it. Also, I think it happens, like, very quickly, sort of after he realises he didn't have the sword. Um, and I'm assuming I'm right that that was literally Mount Doom being turned on. Yes. So... I never realised Mount Doom had an on-switch, I've got to be honest with you. So, in the books, from my understanding, I don't know if it erupted. I don't know if this is a slight step away from the books. I know it erupts, obviously, at one point, but my, I thought it erupted when it was kind of like, as a signal to be like, it's Sauron's here and ready to, 
actually fight now not like right at the beginning if that makes sense like they kind of built things up and then it erupted but them having it erupt off the rips is actually not i don't think a bad thing i like the way that they did it and like to show that it was kind of like how you need this volcano to erupt that has been dormant and it's like what is a good way to kind of sell that being the start of an evil thing is like having someone know a way to cause it to happen um the fact that like all those tunnels we were trying to figure out what the fuck they were digging to were just canal ways for the water um i actually don't think maybe maybe that switch was like it must have been like a hidden because obviously it opened the dam but without the dug tunnels it doesn't do anything right yeah so it's got to be that sort of thing where it's like maybe it was known that you could open the dam but like obviously everyone's just like well you never would but if it's there if it's it's built in for some need if you ever needed it not knowing that there's like this secret other bit of information well, of no, like you've got to dig out the tunnels well the key was still like the key that morgoth had left behind or sauron had left behind whoever it was true so yeah, it was like, obviously it was a clearly pre designed for that yeah it was just but, like yeah, if, I, I, guess I guess the best way to hide a plan is to not have all of it ready yeah yeah it's we've like... got this dam that we can open now but only my followers will know where to dig and also like i guess normal people are just like okay the dam looks like it could be opened there's some sort of mechanical bit there but we don't no one has any idea how to open it so it's just old old tech doesn't matter we don't want it open anyway um i love the fucking cgi of that volcano exploding but are we going to talk about the irony of the numenorians turning up and then there being a flood <laughs> that is a slight connection i think to the future of numenor um because i can't imagine anywhere in the text it says that oh they opened a dam and it went through some tunnels and that caused mount doom to erupt oh no i imagine that was a little bit of creative freedom that was i think it was their way of like they obviously wanted it to start with they want to show the start of um mordor with the volcano eruption erupting and it going dark and it's like well how do you lead up to that um obviously played into that whole idea and the final scenes we see is like adar's not in his chains anymore he's escaped as the barn gets like engulfed in flame also i saw people saying oh gladiol's not no elf could even survive that. Look at the people of Pompeii. Um, and then I actually saw, there's a thing online, someone was saying, well, actually, the first kind of part of an eruption, I think it's called pyroclastic flow or something, when it's mainly debris and it's actually not as hot. The person was like, yes, a general person isn't really going to want to be stood in it. It's not going to be pleasant, but it's not, Pompeii level of heat where like people just got vaporized or fucking yeah. destroyed. It looked more like an ash cloud ro rolling out ahead of all of the bad shit. Yeah, and it will be hot and there will be like embers and fire in it, but like it's not well, We've got to remember destruction. we've got, th we've got th at least three characters who have plot armor. Well, yeah. Galadriel, Asid, Isildra and Esilil. Lindell, Sil Silda, and Galadriel. Yeah, they they all have to live. 
So yep. they were all in that village. Therefore, whatever that was clearly isn't deadly. Yeah, they, it will have probably killed off some of those like, yeah, side people. Yeah, that would be more from knocking shit over. Um, but I think the bigger thing is, like, Waldrick is up in the tower. Like, he he's still at large. Um, Adar escaped, so they're obviously going to reconnect. Whatever orcs managed to escape. Um, obviously, we saw Maldoom erupt. Um, so this is the start of Mordor. Um, so do you reckon next week we get a... Um, we'll be back to the dwarves and the uh, hobbits. Dwarves and the harefoots. I think you'll get... The harefoots will... I don't know where they are currently, but I... They they will see that the vote they'll see that it's erupted, like from they'll, wherever they'll you are in Middle Earth. Whatever becomes the Shire, yeah, wherever you are in Middle Earth, like you'll see. I imagine they'll see whether it's just smoke or something of, and they'll be like, "Oh, the when this happens in the book, look when there's a volcano erupting, it means this bad omen and all this shit." Um, I wonder if the cultists might catch up to them. Um, yeah, I forgot about the cultists. And then on the dwarf elf side of things i wonder if they'll go to investigate maybe because um, obviously the new minorians as we are dubbing them uh the new minorians whoever survive are going to set up camp somewhere um i wonder if like we'll finally kind of because we've had that the the men and the new minorians their, their storylines have converged along with Adar and the Orcs. We kind of now need um, Elrond and Durin and the Dwarves and that. We need that to also join into the thing and kind of all come together. So I think next week we'll get that. Um, I don't know. I think the Hobbits are always going to stay separate. But by the end of this season, we'll know maybe who the Stranger is. Because there's also that. Awesome. I think this moves us on to Andor episode five. Yes. So, um, out of the three episodes this week, this was definitely the least exciting. Yeah, it's kind of. But was a filler. I feel like last week, I said, or it might have been during the three episode premiere. There's lots of characters for you to wrap your head around. And episode five feels like they were very aware of that. So they wanted to give us a bit of a slower paced episode to get to know the people in that little group that he's working with. Mm -hmm. um, which I think was very successful. Yeah. Um, I definitely think Andor so far, however, is feeling more like a Netflix show in the sense of they should have just dropped it all at once and let people binge it. Yeah, I can get that. I think this week's episode it was it was a bit of a weird one because like you said there was a we got introduced to a bunch of characters last week when um Cassian arrives at the camp. Yeah. And we don't we know there's a job about to happen. We don't really know much about these people. So this week's episode was very much a setup episode. One was building up to this like building up the tension to this big job that they're going to do. But then it's also, at the same time, in a way, it's trying to like introduce you to the first people of the rebellion. And it's like also being like, 
Okay, let's introduce you to these people and actually give you the reasons why each of them are here and like what they have to this. Like, what's their reason behind being yeah. here? I, I forget the character's name, but the kid who was the main character in End of the Fucking World on Channel Floor. Channel Floor? Channel 4. <laughs> Brilliant show if no one's watched it. Like, you get to see him as like a true believer in the cause. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the guy who, based on the conversations him and Cassian had, seems like he might have been a criminal. I got or, more military. Yeah, or some something like that. Something that was very strict that clearly had an impact on him. And him being like, I never liked the Empire, but then they killed my brother who was a good, honest man, and now I want to watch them burn. And mm -hmm. it's like it's interesting to see how over time the Empire has just slowly disillusioned different parts of their society. And now it's got to the point where all of these fringe groups are like, fuck it, we're working together because I hate them more than I hate you. Yeah, it's that whole thing of like, sure, I can kind of stick it to them wherever I'm from, little, like, just little local things. But it's like, I know I'm, they know they're not doing anything. And it's the opportunity to really stick it to the people they hate in a bigger way. Like, they want to be part of it. Um, I thought it's interesting the fact that we kind of also got to see the inside guy. I can't remember his name. The, the general. Lieutenant. Yeah, the lieutenant. Like, see his, like, having to be, play the inside job guy. Um, and then also we got some, uh, we got, like, some of the other characters of the show with Lufen, um in his shop obviously waiting to like nervous waiting for him to hear and also you can see like he's in not putting on his character like he is in his normal form worried and then his assistant girl's like come on it's get like being like it's getting late you you've got customers in the morning like you need to put on your persona tomorrow like you need your rest and like to get they're, into... they're, they're on coruscant which is like the heart of the empire tomorrow is not a day for you to get caught lacking and get us all killed yeah you need to be on form as normal like even with this like big job that's happening and then we also got um mon moffman some more inner mm -hmm. workings of her family and how it's quite clearly father and daughter on one side she's on the other yeah Father um, and daughter very clearly do not give a fuck about the empire ruining loads of people's lives as long as they're okay yeah very much dad and daddy's girl against yeah. mom who wants to be a good person which yeah. i think explains why she and obviously we know in rogue one she's there with them she obviously i think becomes distanced from them wouldn't surprise me um but yeah we didn't really get much like we got more indication of the job that's going down um the fact that Cassian was like, do you guys even know if this is on its rails already? Do you know this? They had no fucking clue. So, yeah. like, just the lack of... While, yes, they're prepared, they also just aren't actually that prepared for whatever yeah, they're going true. into. And while they may not be 100% keen on having him there, he is actually going to prove very helpful. Um, I think it's... Obviously, we're going to get to see it all kick off next week. Yeah. Um. Um, it was also interesting, I think, that again, sorry, going back to how everyone came involved, mm -hmm. you've got the um, lieutenant who fell in love with a local and then had that mm -hmm. ruined. 
and like that was what disillusioned him. But like you said, it's interesting, like seeing people like Mon, who we know end up being a big part of the rebellion in like the original trilogy. Mm. Um, so we just like know that this is very early, and there are big players involved. Um, yeah, it's exciting. I'm also really enjoying the B story of the Corpo guy, like who clearly hates oh, yeah. his life, trying to get it back on track. Well, it's very much like he obviously. So the way I see it is like he quite clearly aspire, aspires to be at that imperial, like, in-command level. Uh-huh. And thinks he can do it and wants to be, like, empire to the book. And obviously feels like he's now had his op- his path and opportunities been pulled away from him because of a mistake he's made. And he's now back at, back at his parents, back at his mum's house, moping around eating cereal with blue milk. Star Wars loves their blue blue fluids. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that they always just have to like somehow but put that in there as like it was alien like a, it milk. Was like a, yeah. It was a weird decision they made in the eighties to show they're a sci-fi that's now just become a staple. Yeah, now they just have to do it. It's a bit of a meme. Um but then I also like the fact that I'm wondering I wanna know who more about this uncle that the mum's gone to for a favour. Because I feel like he's going to end up getting an opportunity of something in within yeah. the, like, Empire level, actual, like, and he's he quite clearly, like, he still had the hologram of Cassian, so he hasn't given up on that whole, like, this guy's ruined my position and obviously wants to, him to pay for it still. Yeah, he's got his own little Sith. Yeah. So, um... That little side story, I agree, is very interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how that yeah. develops. I th- yeah, that's definitely going to be more of a slow burner, which is never a problem. I wonder if he ends up back on... Was it Fennec? Because we saw the Empire with her and setting up, didn't we? And he was like... Um, the, guy, the guy in charge was just like, do you want this as your office building? Um how like get this set up before i'm back in whatever i wonder if he gets some opportunity to be back in charge there or something maybe um i don't think we're done with that planet at all not at all but um, it was it was definitely a filler episode in the sense mm-hmm. of nothing hugely of notes happened but it wasn't a filler episode in the sense of it was all stuff that had to happen and they didn't want it to be done too fast and handled irresponsibly because it was important stuff yeah it was very much a one a character set up more so you get more invested in yeah. each of the characters and also building the tension for this big job that they're about to do yes um, exactly sorry my twitter's just refreshed and i've just seen the mario trailer for with chris Pat's literally oh, just dropped no. I'll, <laughs> watch, I'll watch that later yeah we'll, we'll watch that after so we can have a good laugh anyway um I'm I'm still enjoying Andor. I think it's exactly what I enjoy most about the Star Wars universe. Um, so I am excited to continue to see more from it. Yeah, I think it's the uh, best way I can put it. I think next week will be a big one. Me too, and I'm very excited for it. Unless it's shit, then I'll be angry about it. <laughs> um, and now we're on to just our general ramblings and news stuff, of which it feels like it's been a busy week for that stuff. I feel like we had a couple of quiet weeks there. 
and then we kind of got slapped yeah. in the face by all of it. We've had a couple of big things this week. So, um, as I said at the beginning of the episode, today as you guys are listening to this, or if you're listening to it in like two weeks' time, two weeks ago, <laughs> October 7th, we're supposed to be getting Werewolf by night. By midnight. Wrote by midnight in the comments. I'm pretty sure it's just Werewolf by night. Um, I don't I know why it's midnight. It's already um, getting its first reviews, I think. And I think I saw it yeah. earlier today. Um, so it's it's a Halloween spooky project. It is based on an existing Marvel IP. It's nothing new. Um, it looks like it's going to obviously be set in the MCU, but very different. I think it's not necessarily going to set up, but it's them testing the waters for stuff like Midnight Suns and Blade and stuff to get an idea of what people enjoy. It looks like it's all in black and white. It could be creepy. It could be silly. It could be really fun. I don't yeah. know. I think more so it's a way actually for them just to test kind of these more one-off. A bit like, um, in a way, what DC's done with their like more standalone random films that yeah. are a bit and more different stuff that style. was supposed to be classed as black label films, but then mm. they got rid of that branding for no apparent reason. I'm, yeah. wondering, I'm wondering if this is Marvel's way of maybe doing a bit more of that, but still having it tie in because they want everything to be connect, like yeah. all tied in and connected. Just stuff that's going to sit off to the side. And yes, it has happened in the same universe, but it's nothing big enough for everyone else to give a crap about. Yeah, I think if anything, it's just to allow them to be able to mention these characters in passing and it doesn't feel so out, mm -hmm. out of place. Uh, um, and I, I, I do think I do think that's valid because that brings us on to the rumours that apparently Marvel are moving away from Disney Plus shows. Yeah, I haven't seen this. So I don't know where. I, I've seen a couple of articles come out today and yesterday that apparently Marvel aren't currently happy with the format they're using Disney Plus in. Okay. Like internally, not they dislike Disney Plus as a platform, yeah. that they just don't think they're using it properly. And there are considerations about moving away from doing shows on there and doing specials like Werewolf by Night on only, or just changing the way they structure their series altogether or something. So over the next year or so, we could see some big changes into how that stuff is handled, which I... also lends itself to the idea of why Armor Wars has been changed from a TV show to a film. Um, yes, but I also, I'm pretty sure I saw with it, like, the director just, with things being moved around, and like, it's place and uh, release time and stuff, they kind of decided they actually wanted to do it properly, and or do it more so in a kind of proper sense, and give it a full-on film to really tell the story properly, or those characters properly. Yeah. I think, I'm not against the decision at all, um... Obviously, like I, either either or doesn't really matter to me. I quite happy was was quite happy to have it as a show. Still, just as happy to have it as a film. Whatever they feel is a better way to tell the story that they want to tell. And you've, you've got to trust the creative team to make the right decision, I guess. Um, yeah. And maybe, like you say, maybe it's a, maybe they release it straight to Disney Plus, and it's like a film on Disney Plus. Maybe they start doing that. Um, I don't know if I. If they're not quite happy with the shows, I wonder if this is um, also feeling like what we've discussed many times, which is the pacing issue and like the seri series always feel kind of short. Like but you've also got to remember, there's not been a single Disney Plus show 
that hasn't had people shit on it for non- some reason or another. Yeah, there's always been something. Do you know what there's I think? There's always been something people have been up- upset about. Do you know what I think will really determine what they do? Is how the Daredevil's show goes down. But even that's a while off now. Quite so like, Yeah, I was going to say, because pl- that's good. The plan for that may well change. Well, that's a longer series. So I was thinking, like, if that they put that out and everyone loves the, the fact it's a longer series, maybe they'll lean into that. Or maybe they are already thinking, actually, we've seen that people are excited about the fact that Daredevil's longer. Maybe, like, maybe we move we other to... stuff to it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but that and Arm Wars, looking forward to. But um, as you said, you've got to trust the creative team, but there was obviously some concern last week over the Blade creative team and what was going on over there. And yeah. then, as fucking always, um, 20 minutes after we finished recording, we saw tweets and reports that Sam Raimi's come on board to take over as the director of Blade. Um, the previous director, whose name escapes me, is going to be staying on as an executive producer, I believe. But Raimi's going to be taking the reins. Oh, dear. Um, but this goes down to... I can't remember if we said it on the podcast or in messages, but we said there's going to be like a core group of directors same Raimi, ryan coogler who does the black panther films who are trusted and respected who are, are gonna get these projects well yeah it was like for better or for worse we said that it kind of feels like he is pro- kevin's probably trying to build a set of directors that he knows i like the di- like your creative styles and how you take these things trust you with this so he's not as spread thin trying to do everything yeah and if we he, talked if about he the can fact... get rid of half the films to directors he can trust and like not have to check in on, mm-hmm. that means he's then looking after the same amount of films he was looking after in the earlier stages mm-hmm. so that he can look after them, but they can do twice as many films. And I 100%, like we said last week, obviously this director's not got to grips with it and we were like, he's going to be out and... We'll probably see a director Kevin's already used get plugged in to kind of be like, or he himself, and like Sam Raimi being picked. So you you 100% know Kevin's that that's landed on Kevin's desk that there's issues with Blade. He's got on the phone to Sam and been like, right, we've got problems on Blade. Can you step in and take over? Sure. And I think actually it's quite smart if he's keeping the previous director on as executive producer, it's giving that director. An opportunity to be like look pay attention to what the fuck sam's doing like figure out like how this ship's meant to be running so that maybe i can still trust you to do projects yeah and it's like very possible he's giving them the opportunity to try and still be one of these people they can lean on like he's not fully outing him like obviously trusts him to to some degree whereas he wouldn't have hired him or maybe more cynically, it's just here's your executive produced title so that you don't cause a stink. Now fuck off. Possibly. Um But it's gonna it's somewhere in between them two for sure. And I hope you are right and it's more towards the we like your ideas, we think you can do us good. You need to learn how to work in the Marvel way though. Yeah. Um, it's kind of just figure it out. Like this is your second chance and last chance to figure out how to help run this machine that is the mcu uh and either you figure out or you're probably not going to get another project so but um from blade to black panther oh my god yes final trailer it was so good 
Mm. We, like mm. I, I raved what, about why that so first, sexy though. I raved about the first trailer being like the best Marvel trailer we've ever had, and I still think the first one hit harder than this. But like the, this, the first one played more on the emotional overtones. This one yeah, was more of an actual trailer. Yes. Um, but I seeing like, them more chilling in the air with his little fucking ankle wings flapping away was an experience. Yeah, we we got to properly see Namor. We got our first look at the new Black Panther. In yeah, suit. I mean, it's Shuri. It's Shuri. It's Shuri. Yes. If it's anyone other than Shuri, someone done fucked up. <laughs> but we got our first look at that. We got Amri Riri. And, and we got the iconic style of shot with her head in her suit and the fucking yes. hard juice. I mean, I tweeted about that. I took the still from that and I was like, this, this is good. We like um, this. There was a lot of different, like, hints of different things. There was one thing I picked up on um, in this trailer that we, so in the first trailer, we got like this scene of water and everything on fire, right? Um, and that's all we've got it for like a brief moment in this trailer we get a scene of what is i presume the throne room with the glass yeah. windows and the chair in the middle that is the same room that is filled with water on fire mm-hmm. so that's obviously got to be do with no more so somehow that shit gets flooded and like is on fire and stuff so there's very much some and I think we talked about the fact that there could be like a vibranium war here or something like between the two of them. And it seems like very much because there is a vacuum of power without the Black Panther, how uh, I th- they play that in at the yeah. beginning of the film, obviously is why Namor is making a move. I, th- I think part of it is based on like, you know, they have like the talking over of audio that doesn't match up with any of the scenes yeah. you see and will be used in the film at some point. We get the impression that Namor's kind of unhappy with how the land peoples have been handling shit and he's like okay i'm gonna take over now because if i don't take over you guys are gonna destroy my my people and i can't have that so the only option is to invade very british of him yeah Um, and i think it was also like the voiceover thing is like her talking to i think when she's in the un thing and she's obviously talking about the fact that there are people that have been without a leader i.e We've got no Black Panther at the moment. So Namor also seeing that is like, well, ain't nobody there to defend him. Now's perfect time to try and fucking deal with this shit on my own. Um, Um, But Namor and Atlantis (sighs) and Black Panther and Wakanda have been at war so many times. It's a very common recurring theme in the comics. And I trust Ryan Coogler. It's a fantastic cast. It looks stunning the costume design, the set pieces, they all look great. I'm so fucking excited for this film. Oh, it's it's gonna be the best film. Cause this is the is this the last of this phase or the first? I can't remember which was you can't remember either. Good question. Remember. It's a good question. I feel like when we discussed it, they actually didn't have Black Panther on that list and it confused us even more. Or oh, did they um, is that or they said that Oh, they officially... Was it the fact that they officially said it was the end of a phase, which we hadn't had before? Would it have been episode 31? Is that right? Uh, uh, I'm just looking at my notes. But whichever it is, like, if it is part of this phase, 
best going to be the best film of this phase full stop okay i think my notes for that one are in a zip file and therefore i cannot get to them how yeah. how such um but yeah it, it's it's right near the end of this phase well i don't think it's start of the next phase so it has to be the end of this phase so it'll probably be the staple film of this phase by far. Oh, oh, ah, i remember what it was so they said this phase was going to end with she hulk and the next phase was going to start with ant-man Oh, and okay. everyone was confused, and then it got corrected that this face ends with Black Panther. Right. So, yeah. Um, but I'm very excited. Some of the earlier reviews that have come out are looking very good, but okay. they seem very early, so I'm not sure how much we can trust them. Yeah, they must be just very early screen tests. But, um, we've kind of been in... I don't want to call it a rut. We've been in a bit of a consistency for like six weeks now, where it's just been the same couple of shows. Yeah. Now we're coming into like the set, the next stage of stuff. So we've got Black Adam, Black Panther, and Tales of the Jedi all coming out like by the end of November. So Black yes. Adam, like I said, is a I believe the twenty first, and mm -hmm. then Tales of the Jedi is the twenty sixth, and then Black Panther's like the eleventh of November. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, it is the eleventh of November because the twelfth, thirteenth. When I've asked you to cover editing yeah, for me away. and w before me and jenna go away on the friday afternoon we black panther <laughs> so yeah we're we're gonna go from like the con same consistent free shows to we're gonna ditch a couple of them um we're gonna have to start actually coming up with talking points again hurry <laughs> well God. Then, we're, then we're gonna have like build up to films again and then more stuff Character profiles it's gonna be yeah. great things will be back to the no and i mean you know something else might just drop that out of nowhere <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get surprised with some new show or something just no more delays please <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know i don't know if we can pr i'm fully expecting more dc delays i'll be honest I, yeah I, I think they don't know what they're doing and they're kind of scrambling hoping for someone to like fly down and give them like a golden playbook or something <laughs> um maybe it's black adam maybe um but i mean i i have to say it i kind of want black adam to be shit because the rock has pissed me off oh <laughs> uh, i know you. My, my my man is like one of the most toxic comic book fans possible because he's walking around like he owns the character while fundamentally changing the character i'm so, He's like, one of these guys is like, oh, I know the character better than you. And then just misquotes everything ever. But because he's the rock, he's being allowed to get away with it. Yeah, because no one wants to question it. Um, but on the flip side, if the film's good, I'll be very happy about that. My concern will just be how much power the rock gets given. Because with that genuine vacuum of power at the top of the DC decision-making tree, mm -hmm. if this film is very successful... The Rock will get given too much power, and while he's an okay action hero, he is not an executive for a multi-billion-dollar superhero franchise to be built around with him as the mastermind of. No, they should do should build around Aquaman. Let Let's be completely clear here. This man had it written in his Fast and Furious contracts that he has to be able to look really tough. That is not someone you want to be playing an anti-hero. Because there's no way The Rock, if he has enough power, is going to agree to being punched in the face by Superman and Jazam. 
Uh, who? Uh, I'm trying to remember. It's a very old actor who used to do a lot of action. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blank on his name now. What well, name the film? I uh, so I can kind of visualize them, but I don't have a clue of the name. Old films, but like he, the premise was he could never lose a fight in his films. On Punch Man. <laughs> um. And Sorry, if you ever it, seen one One Punch Man, has that just gone straight over your head? I know the anime you're on about. Okay, cool. One Punch Man's elite. Maybe, maybe yeah, that's what good. we do. We'll go through and watch it together. We'll go to animes. No, because um, no, One Punch Man's a superhero. Don't make it weeby. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's basically in his contrast somewhere like he either can't get hit or he can't like lose fight. I think it's like he can't seen to be like losing a fight or get hit so it's like any time the director wanted to have him actually do a fight scene it would constantly cut to stunt doubles taking hits because he wouldn't do it like he wouldn't ever want to be seen and they could never show his face like it always had to be from behind and like not actually show the actor getting hit because so weird. It, i feel like that's what's gonna happen with the rock it's gonna be like they're going to end up doing some like weird workarounds that then don't make the film good. But um, we'll, we'll see what we get from it. Yeah. Um, and that leads us on to the Superhero Showdown. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. oh. I did that thing that I try not to do when my brain's already decided who the winner is. Oh, just by reading it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Was Beta Ray Bill your character? Yeah. Yeah, you're an arsehole. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. Miles is a brilliant character I love, and he is very fucking powerful. You realize However, you Beta Ray Bill is a literal fucking god. Mm, correct. And for those that are very confused right now, this week's Superhero Showdown is Beta Ray Bill versus Miles Morales. <laughs> and Connor hasn't even done any of his usual intro to this section. Yeah, no. Um... Standard rules apply. <laughs> <laughs> He's just Connor's not done anything not, like off the grip like normal. No. So people are clueless, and you've just come out there and gone. He's your picking. You're an <laughs> asshole because he's a god. I'm just like, what? Um, yeah, Beta Ray Bills versus Miles Morales. Uh, standard rules apply. Blood lusted. The lower seed gets the advantage, which in this case is Miles. Um, and I have literally melted my brain trying to work out what possible advantage we can give Miles that gives him a chance. Because other than being Spider-Man, his only bonus ability is bioelectricity. Beta Ray Bill don't give a fuck about fucking electricity. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't bother him in the slightest. This is the kind yes. of character that gets called out to help fight Galactus. Yeah? Yeah? yeah. Galactus. Miles is Brooklyn's Spider-Man. Yeah, but what if he Not doesn't... even the whole of New York, just Brooklyn. What if he doesn't pull his punches? He would he would he would hurt Beta Ray Bill. Cool. <laughs> they they definitely would have a hell of a fight. I think Miles has to rely heavily on his invisibility. On spider senses. And spider senses. And don't get me wrong, he would last a long time, but what it always comes down to in these early stages, durability and invulnerability. And mm-hmm. Beta Ray Bill hasn't beaten both. Yeah. 
Do you know circle back around, Hori's an arsehole. Do you know what is happening again? And I don't want to say this yet, really, but... Go on. It's kind of Martian Manhunter vibes. A little bit. <laughs> um, I do think there are some people on the other yeah. sides of the bracket, though, who are similar level. I think just getting off four semi-finalists it's, is going to be pretty this happened last. This happened last time, where like, the early ones were very much a stomp, and unfortunately, I know as much as you love Miles Morales... I, I, so, do you know what? My, I love Miles as much as I love like The Flash. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, I can sit here with a straight face and tell you The Flash solos everyone. Well, yeah. So, like, that's okay for me because I don't have to go, oh, I like this guy that he's going to lose. No, Flash solos. I already know what's going to happen when, when we're finally done with this bracket and we pick in the next set. You're just going to pick Flash as a way to get back at me. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be like, right? This is twice, two brackets now. I'm, I'm done. I, I, I want I'm someone that sure, I want to win. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna make sure the bracket final is Batman with 12 days prep time and the Flash, and just be like, Flash solos, low death. Um, so yeah, Beta Ray Bill go through to the next round. Who saw that coming? Yeah, not me. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not. There's not much discussion to that. No, there isn't. It happens occasionally. Um, yeah, but Miles is still go so yeah i mean miles definitely does better than most people would against beta ray bill oh yeah i mean we've got some very powerful people in other other sections along here um yeah so there's definitely some people who are going to give him a run for his money later on on. yeah unfortunately god versus kid from brooklyn we've also got to remember beta ray bill was the number one c for a fucking reason ladies and gentlemen yes so um now we now we just we root for Bay Ray Bill. No, we hate him. We, <laughs> we, we, we like underdogs demise. here. <laughs> we like underdogs in this house. Um oh. but that is all from us. Um thank you for hanging out. Hope you're enjoying She Hulk Rings of Power and or if you're one of these people who's commenting on the shorts because you hate everything, these shows are at least all five episodes through at this point. If you hate it that much, stop watching. Save yourself a headache, save us a headache. I would be surprised um, if you're watching this, though. Yeah, if you've got all the way through to here, <laughs> if, you've got too much hatred in you your got, heart, If bro. you're watching to this, and then you're still going to shorts, like, I appreciate the love on our content. I really do. But surely you've got to love the shows to be watching yeah. all that. Anyway, um, thank you very much. Episode yep. 38 next week. How exciting. Make sure Episode you like and subscribe and comment. She-Hulk finale. Oh, it's going to be so good. It's so good. Power. It's going to be a good week. It will. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.